Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. So turn to the person on your right and tell them, try it. Turn to the person... Some of you, some of you channeled your inner, inner middle schooler. That was not a bad peer pressure. Like, come on, dude, try. Say it with Jesus this time, okay? Turn to the person. Let's try this. This is a little better. Uh, turn to the person on your left. Tell them, find their tribe. Find your tribe. That sounded much better. And I need your help, all right? We're giving this altar call together during this series, right? Because I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm bad about this. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get to preaching. And, and there's some people that I want to, group that I want to pray for this morning. And I want God to meet you. And I want him to, to touch you, as I believe, for every Sunday morning. And then I'm going to forget to give you just the practical. I tell you that this is the most important part of this series. Is because if Jesus touches you in the service, but if you don't find your tribe, then, then I've failed, okay? So I need like every conversation in the lobby before you say, hey, how you doing? Before you say, we go to lunch. Before you say, uh, can you go bring the car and pick me up under the underpass? Like whatever your conversation is in the lobby, I need you to tap somebody on the shoulder. They could be a complete stranger. You could find somebody with a t-shirt that looks like they might do the thing that's on their t-shirt and say, hey, do you, do you hike or whatever? But just say, find your tribe, okay? Okay, can you do that? Help me give that altar call continually. Next two weeks, we're going to get everybody. We want everybody, everybody to be connected. It's so important. If you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. I feel like, I feel like it's real important that we let Uncle Paul talk to us this morning. Like, like good old, you know, just grizzled, tough, but relational Uncle, you know, like, have you found in life that if you want to get better at anything, just find, like, it's by my side. And I know, like, Ben, you led us well on that hike, but I want, I want, like, I want the best. If I'm grilling a steak this afternoon, I wouldn't turn down having Bobby Flay standing right next to me. And so, but, so when it comes to relationships, I feel like, Paul, we just need to hear, especially, can I just say this in this Oversensitive, we get offended about everything culture, right? Like we just need Paul to step in and say some things. Do you, like, do you feel that way? Like people, so, like that's just the goal. Some people walk out the door and that's their number one goal. Like, I'm going to get offended today. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> Find whatever you're looking for in life. So... So we're going to let Uncle Paul, and if you get offended, it's not me. Say, it's, tell your neighbor, it's Paul. It's not the pastor, it's Paul. First, first and probably a little bit of me. First Thessalonians 2.8. So here's Paul, and he says to the people in Thessalonica, he says, guys, we loved you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives but our lives as well. And that's what we want for CFA. That's, what I, that's my heart for each of you is that you primary and that's the number one thing, but that you also find a tribe. 
that you find a place to, to get connected. And can I just on a Sunday morning? Right? It's not like, like I, hope, I hope you meet people that are friendly in the lobby, but you're not going to find your tribe in the lobby. I hope you encounter the power of God in this auditorium. You're not going to find your tribe. This is things. That's why Paul separates. You can get the gospel but not have a friend. And that's why Paul says that the second thing is just as important as the first thing. And we've been walking through this, that, that if God were enough, and I know, again, that sounds blasphemous to say even on week three, but if God alone were enough, Adam, Adam wouldn't have had Eve. David wouldn't have had Jonathan. Jesus Christ wouldn't have had the 12 and wouldn't have had John and Peter and James. And, and so there's this, and Paul says the same thing. He says, I care about you so much. That's just, he, re, he echoes my heart like CFA, I love you so much that I not wa only want you to get the gospel, I want you to have a tribe. I want you to have it. And there's a difference that you say, well, CFA is my tribe. No, 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 no. CFA is your family, but you got to find your tribe in your family. Like some of you have a big family, you know, like, like 12 brothers and sisters and cousins that you're still meeting and go to a family reunion. Like that's, that's, the, that's the CFA family, but you got to find your family within a family. Does that make sense? Just nod at me and we'll move on here. So first, that's 1 Thessalonians 2.8. And so you say, well, man, I want relationships like Paul. Like I want, I want that kind of connection in ministry. I want that kind of connection in life. But, but Paul, you don't, you don't know what happened to me in my past. You don't know the challenges that I've faced. You don't know where I've came from. And this is where Uncle Paul would just smile at you and say, oh, really? Oh, oh re I don't know what you've been through. Because you got to connect 1 Thessalonians 2.8 with 1 Thessalonians 2.2. And Paul says this. This is what Paul, this is Paul walked out, what, what Paul just walked out of. He walked out of this. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. Paul, Paul, yo, Paul got messed over relationally in Philippi. So I started, I started putting on my Sherlock Holmes hat. I started putting on my uh, detective kit and I started pulling on this thread a little bit. I was like, wait a second, great relation. And he just got relationally messed over in Philippi. It was kind of like that a little bit of the, the, I don't, I got to pray for the people in the car accident, but what happened in the car accident? Like, we don't want to, we don't want to uh, uh, look, but we look. And it was like, well, Paul, sorry, you got, like, what happened, Paul? What happened to you in Philippi? And so I started, I started digging into this a little better. And this is where I found that we've got to break these, these excuses that would keep us from our tribe. So jot these things down this morning. These are some excuses that can keep you from finding your tribe. Number one is if you say, I've been hurt before. I've been hurt before. Like, and Paul just says it. He says, you think you've been hurt before. Wait till you find out what just we have previously suffered in Philippi. So what, ha what happened in Philippi? Here's what happened in Philippi. Paul was on a church planting mission. This was, I believe, his second missionary journey out of five missionary journeys. And so Philippi was the capital of a place called Macedonia that is in the area of modern-day Greece. And so Paul is preaching the gospel there. A young church is starting there. And, and there was a... a slave girl that was possessed by an evil spirit and through this evil spirit the evil spirit was able to tell the future and this girl just started following around Paul and his buddies and yelling in a loud these men are from God they're going to preach the gospel to you 
Like, and this happened day after day. Now, first, I don't like, I didn't dig into all this. And so I don't know why demon-possessed girl is asking the gospel. And, but she is like day after day, hey, these men are from God. They're going to advertise the gospel. These men, and like day after day after day after day. And this is what, this is what I love about Paul. This is why Paul is one of my heroes, because he preached the gospel. Yeah, get killed people. Yeah, I suppose. Like, no, Paul's my hero. Here's why Paul is my hero. Because he got irritated. <laughs> I love that. I just got to tell you. And the, and the Bible says that after many days, Paul got exasperated. Like, like you can, that just gives... Maybe you're like more saved than I am, but I got to tell you, that gives this preacher hope that I can come out of my devotions in the morning. God, you're ever, oh, I love you, God. You're awesome. You, and I'm just fired up, ready to take on the day, and then I can get in the line, dropping my kids off for school, and I get... There's, there's zones in the whole parking lot. And the one says, don't stop. Like that's all the sign, that's all the sign says is don't stop. Pastor, you're in the flesh. Well, Paul was too. And then the other sign over here says, pull up here. And so I don't understand how we get those signs confused and how people think this says stop here and take. I know you're super saved, but sometimes in the morning, I want to do what Paul did. You know what Paul's reaction was? He got so frustrated, he just turned around and cast out the evil spirit. Name of Jesus, demon. And so if you see me dropping my kids off for school, casting out demons, you'll know what happened to me. I'm like... Godlinders, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would open, let them see the signs in Jesus. You, you can pray this prayer. You can go ahead, just pray it so your kids will think you're crazy in the morning. God, I pray that the demon of go at the green light would, would lead, just go, go ahead of me. The spirit of speed up will get into the, I love, I, I'm sorry, I love that Paul got frustrated. So Paul had just had it, and he turns around and says, demon, get out of this girl. And this girl gets free. Like this miracle moment happens, because sometimes ministry can still happen in the middle of your frustration, and that's a good reminder for this pastor too. And the demon leaves, but the problem for the owners of the girl is so does her ability to tell the future, and they were making a whole lot of money off of her, and so here's what happened to Paul. The well, let me let me read now. The 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 crowd the crowd turns against him in Acts chapter 16. The story behind the story. See, there's always a story behind the story. We just see Paul's great relationships in Thessalonia, but we don't know the story behind the story. And in and in Philippi, see you all. Everybody has a Philippi behind their Thessalonia. So some of you this morning are looking at somebody that's in a, that's in a Thessalonia marriage or a Thessalonia relationship, and it looks like everything's going good for them and their kids are serving Jesus. You don't know their Philippi. 
You don't know what happened to them. You don't know what happened to them in Philippi. And we all, we all have a Philippi, and don't be ashamed of your Philippi. So a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Have you found how quickly public opinion can turn? Never live your life based on what other people think of you or the masses. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods and they were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. And the jailer, the jailer, he's going to be an important character in this narrative. The jailer ordered to make sure that they didn't escape and so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon. This inner dungeon, the archaeologists tell us the floor was sloped into the inner dungeon and that's where the sewage ran and that's where there was no light and that's where, you know, they put the common criminals, maybe the petty thief on the outer dungeon, but the, the murderers and the, the rapists and the people that, wait, Paul, how did you end up? Do you see where when he was trying just to help? Have you, have you ever been there, like, when you did something wrong? And I've been there too. Like, have you ever had a relationship that got uh, messed up because you got too angry or you believed a lie or you gossiped about somebody? Like, it's still hard to walk through that relationship, but you can look in and say, man, I'm, I messed that up. But here Paul is in the inner dungeon and it was because he tried to help. And I feel like God is talking to somebody this morning that you've got, you're in a relationship this morning not because you tried to hurt the relationship, but because you tried to actually help the relationship. And that can be a really difficult place to be. So Paul, this is what happens. The jailer made, was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. And the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the, in the stocks. And I want to preach a quick quick message within the message because I feel like the Lord wants to let somebody know this morning how you can get double free, how you can get double free. So when Paul and Silas, the jailers against him, the jailer represents the person in your life that has hurt you relationally, that has lied about you, gossiped about you, the spouse that broke their vows and they left the marriage, the abuse that happened to you, whatever. This is what the jailer represents in this story. So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. <laughs> Wait, did I read that correct? Yeah, I read that correctly. They were praying and singing. But Pastor Doug, didn't you just say they were in the inner prison, surrounded by sewage, surrounded by junk, surrounded by, are you reading that? Are you sure? Look, look your, for yourself in verse 25. It says they were praying and singing to God and the other prisoner suddenly was shaken to its very foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. See, this morning I heard a, I heard a preacher talk about that you can either let chains break your praise or that you can let your chains. And if you want to get double free this morning, you got to do what Paul, in the middle of relational turmoil, that they allowed their praise to break their chains. And then the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, and he assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Now, in the natural, this would have been a prime moment. For revenge. So if Paul and Silas would have been in the stocks and they would have been in their chains and if they would have been rehearsing revenge, like, oh, I can't wet that jailer. 
when God, God's about to show up and that jailer's going to get, we're going to turn this thing. We're going to take this jailer out. But watch this, watch this. The jailer in the midst of all of this was about to kill himself. Now here's why. Because if the prisoners escaped in this moment, the jailer was as good as dead. So his bosses would have killed him. But this is what, this is what I realized. This is what I realized is that you don't decide to take your life in five seconds. Like nobody, nobody does that. So that jailer didn't wake up that morning and say, my life is awesome. Everything's going fabulous with my job. I love my wife. My kids are thriving. And then one bad thing happens at work and he's going to take his life. No, there was some, how many of you understand that there was something else going on in this jailer's life? That Paul and Silas were in the prison, but they weren't really in prison because they were spiritually free. The jailer looked like he was free. He was the one that was in prison. And this is a word of the Lord for somebody here this morning. And it'll change, it'll change the way that you view people. When you begin to see the person that you thought was responsible for your pain, if you see them as the victim, if you see them as the victim, if you see them as the one in chains, then you can walk out of that jail more free than you. You say, Pastor, you don't know what, you don't know hurt me. You don't know how they abused me. You don't know, I don't, but Paul does. Do you, Paul, Paul, I think you could make a case in this that there was a degree of sexual abuse even that Paul and, and his buddies went through. They were straight and beaten publicly, thrown in this jail cell. But in the midst of that, they praise God. And here's what I, here's what I feel like the Lord wants to do even in this moment this morning. So I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. And I want you to, for a moment, I want you to think, who's the jailer in your life? Who's the person that hurt you? Who's the person that lied about you? Who's the person, who does that jailer represent? And in the name of Jesus, with your eyes closed, here's what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do in this moment. He's going to switch this. He's going to switch this if you allow him you will no longer see them as the jailer and you as the victim you'll see yourself free and they're the victim because the enemy was working in their life and they were controlled by the enemy so God's going to switch that you're going to see behind the scenes you're going to see how they were hurt you're going to see how they were and I want you to take it one step further I want you to begin silently right now to begin to pray for them say Jesus bless them free them I pray for their salvation I minister to them now in the name of Jesus. Now open your eyes and that'll change. That'll change. The third, here's the third thing. So number two is you see the person who hurt you as the victim. But then the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so the third thing is this. This is how you get like crazy free. Like insane is when you begin to minister to the person who hurt you. Watch, watch that. See, this only happened. I know you can't do it in the natural. I get that. But you can in the supernatural because the same God that, listen, these may be harder to break than the actual physical chains. The chains, you say, what, what are those chains? The chains of unforgiveness, the chains of revenge. Those are the hidden chains. So they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in the household. They were, minist they were ministering to the very guy that just wrapped them in shackles. Now watch this. Even at the hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Now here's what happens to a lot of Christians is that you can walk out of prison free but you also walk out wounded 
And so you can, you can be free spiritually but wounded emotionally. And now watch this. If you don't allow your wounds to be washed, you'll be free, but that wound will get infected. Can I, can I, can I give you a visual? Of course I can because I've got the microphone and the stage. <laughs> if you're a bit squeamish, close your eyes. Uh, I'm giving you fair, fair warning. So this is, my continual, this is my continual injury right here. Like, for, uh, since, since we're climbing the rope, that's my, it's, it's not too bad. There's not any, like, white stuff coming out of it or anything like that. So, so for, two, for two years now, every time we do this, this say, say this is not a good advertisement for groups, Pastor Doug. Well, this, I got this in my group. And... Uh, because Seth made us climb the rope yesterday, and I was, I was railing against Seth. My, your pastor has a group leader. You just got to know that. This is how much I believe in this. I got a, I got a tribe, and I got a, I got a group leader, and he's making us climb the rope. And, and so he, and texted me, he texted me with this encouraging message between services. Like, you know, I was like, like hey, you can do this in the middle of pain, or, or you, can, you got this, Pastor Doug, I believe in you. He just said, Seth just said, quit using your legs. So I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> like, sorry, I don't look like a Greek warrior, you know. Like, <laughs> but that's why. But that's why I want to work out with Seth because he's better than me. And if you want to get better, you got to get around people that are better than you. But but if I'm not if I'm not careful, see, I think I'm free. But if I don't take care of this wound, this wound will be infected. Watch this. Some of you have gotten saved, but you haven't let your wounds be healed. And do you see who washed the wounds in this passage? The jailer. The key to your emotional wounds being washed is that you free the jailer in your spirit and they turn around and wash, their, and wash your wounds. Now watch this because this won't always happen. You say, well, that would be great if the person who hurt me fell at, <laughs> fell at my, my feet and was begging, please don't kill me. Like You're like, I'll pray for you, buddy, but just let me soak this in for about five <laughs> Like, that would, that would be wonderful, but that doesn't, that, doesn't hap- that doesn't happen all the time. The person who hurt you is not going to come begging for forgiveness all the time. The person who hurt you is not going to come to Jesus all the time. The person who hurt you is not going to come and physically wash your wounds all the time. But if you will free, the wounds will be washed through them. Does that make sense? So when you free, so, so we have too many Christians who are free but infected. And when you're infected, you start infecting other people. And that's what, that's what happens. But, what, but now, but I'm going to keep d- digging here because the book of James says, the book of James, you say, well, I want to I be healed. How do I get and your tribe? Because the book of James says, confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. This is where people of other denominations have made this up. Confess your sins one to another salvation, but it does have to do with your healing. So one of the ways that God has instituted healing in your life is through a tribe. And it's, let me say it like this. You don't, you don't find a tribe when you're healed. You find a tribe and then you get healed. 
So what I mean by that is I got all kinds of emotional issues and stuff that happened in my past, Pastor Doug, and, and so I don't need to find a tribe right now. I just need to try to work this out among my own self and everything else. And then when I get healed, when I get all my stuff taken together, then I'll find a tribe. That reasoning is the same reasoning as saying like, uh, Jesus self-cleaned up, and then I'll ask you to forgive my sins. Does that make sense? So you come to Jesus first, and then you get saved. You find your tribe, and that emotional connection with your tribe enables you to get healed. Double free, double free. Now look to my main message. Here we go. Excuses that can keep you from finding your tribe. The second thing is it's too risky. It's too risky. And I love that Paul says this, but with the help of God, we dared to tell you this gospel. We dared, like he took a risk. How many of you by raising your right hand would say, Pastor Doug, I have eaten pizza that has been too hot and I've burned the roof of my mouth. Raise your hand. Now keep it up, keep it up. How many of you would say, Pastor Doug, I have eaten pizza again in my life. Raise your hand, raise your other hand. See how trusting you are? See how forgiving you are? See how much faith that you have? Now just transfer pizza into relationships because sometimes we don't say that in our relationships. Like, you burn me, well, I'm done and I'm going to build walls. No, 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 no. Relationships, relationships are risky. Well, pastor, I want a relationship where I don't have to be vulnerable. I don't know where to find that. Pastor, I want a relationship where I don't have to risk being a servant and not have somebody serve me. Pastor, I want a relationship where, where it's, the risk is removed. You are not going to find that on this earth. Relationships require risk. They require risk. So let's bounce back and forth again. Let's go back to the story behind the story in Acts 20. So Paul, now Paul is, is he's come out of Philippi. He's in uh, Thessalonica and he's getting ready to go on back to another place. And in Acts 20, it's, he's leaving now the place of good relationships. And Paul calls the disciples to himself and he embraces them. Men, I want to talk to you for just a moment. Type A, Spartan, warrior, Bear grills, Apostle Paul pulled his disciples close and embraced them. And I get it, you're going to watch some football this afternoon. And hunting season is coming and you want to go out in the woods and kill something. That's great. But also hold your wife's hand and hug your son and kiss your daughter. Come on. You can do better than that. You don't know what happened to me in my past. No, you don't know what happened to Paul in his past. And I'm just going to be really blunt. Sir, if you don't hold your wife's hand and if you don't hug your son and if you don't kiss your daughter, somebody else will. And you need to step up and be a man. Well, I never learned that. I never learned that from my father. No, you got a new father. You don't know what happened to me. No, you get healed from that. And I want you at the restaurant this afternoon, hug your son till it's awkward. Like, pull that boy in till he doesn't even know what's going on. Like, he's looking around and count to five. One thousand, one, one thousand. Pastor told me to do it, son. Just, just hang in there. Dads, you hold, I'm kidding, but I'm not. 
Dads, you hold the key to your children's heart, and you have to unlock that with physical. And you pull back when puberty hits just because it gets awkward. You do it appropriately. But, Dad, when that daughter goes through that time where it's a little bit more awkward is the time when you love and kiss on her all the more in an appropriate way. Does that make sense? Come on, we need to show appropriate physical affection. And then Paul, so Paul pulls in his boys, and he's hugging on them. And he departs, so he was in Philippi. They treated him horrible in Philippi. He got free. He got double free. He Thessalonica. He gets some good friends. And then it says he departed to go, watch this, he goes back. He goes back to Macedonia because that's how free that Paul is. He's so free that he says, I can walk by that old prison and I can see the people that put me in my stocks and in my chains. And I know that I'm so free I can walk back there. So Paul goes back to that place. Now, when he had gone over to that region, he encouraged them with many words. He's just encouraging. He continues to minister to the people that heard him. And here's the third excuse then. Well, it's too, Pastor, it's just this whole tribes thing. Like, I get it. I agree with you in theory. But it's too much work. It's too much work. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.